Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Uh, I like my uniform better. I'm not necessarily sitting here to say I look better than Brady. Brady's handsome, and look, his hair is perfect. Mine's his, all crazy. I was going to say, I was. You beat him in the jersey department. He beats you in the hair department. <laughs> he definitely does. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. What's up, Kristen's unbuttoned, and oh yeah, we're really unbuttoned because we're at home. I'm sitting in my family room. Ahmed's in his basement. Um, Yes, Brady's more handsome than me. Ahmed's more handsome than me. Look at his hair. It's so perfectly done. <laughs> his beard is so perfectly manicured. What's up, man? How you doing? So it's been hard for me, though, because I'm like normally a uh, a guy that doesn't really shower if I don't leave the house. I'll admit that. I, if I don't leave the house, I just kind of, if it's an at-home day, I just am at home in my sweatpants. And so I've had to, have had to change that philosophy here with being home for now like 12 straight days in a row. So I've showered and and before today I did shower and I put gel in my hair. So I'm feeling really well, but, professional. Okay, so wait, so how many days in a row are we talking about that you didn't shower? If today's the day you showered, are we talking about 11 days before this you did not shower? No, cuz we did the podcast on Thursday and so I showered on on last Thursday and so then wow. I took a little bit of a break. It's my wow. routine. If I don't have if I don't leave the house, I really don't I don't shower often, so I, I, I need just, to I can't that. go to bed at night unless I take a shower. I got to take a shower. Really? The, the mustiness of a man. I don't even. I can't <laughs> imagine what you smell like at the end of the night. Oh my! I don't gosh, work out that much either. I don't exercise, so that's a that's a big thing too. So right, you're still a man, and that uh, means you stink still, nonetheless. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm rethinking <laughs> it all. I'm rethinking it all, Chris. I, I I've, this is challenging the way I live my life now. Well, I'm an over shower, just so you know. I'm like the guy who showers three times that. a day. Yeah, and I, I need to stop <laughs> it. It's one of the worst things I do for the environment. I take too many showers, and I love being in the shower. Well, I'll sit under the hot water for like 10, 15 minutes, and that's not good. And it's not good for my skin either because it dries oh, yeah. me the hell get rashy. I did that um, today too. I was just in there for like 30 minutes. I was just like, okay, this does feel, feel pretty good. But yeah, we're, we're back. We're back in our homes and uh, we've got a good one today because there's not necessarily a whole lot of breaking news. You know, we had all that last week, right? With the free agency news and Tom Brady going, thank God that happened. So we can fill a week talking about that. Uh, but we do have the draft coming up in uh, a couple weeks here. What is it? Four weeks away. And so one of the things I look forward to the most is hearing your thoughts on the various positions, but specifically quarterback, because you've, you've had, and I don't like to give you compliments that often, but you've had some takes 
on past draft quarterbacks that have been spot on. You were one of the highest on Lamar Jackson, thought he was the best quarterback coming out in that draft class. Uh, last year, you were really high on Drew Locke, who impressed uh, last year as well. So what do you say we do that this year for 2020, Chris? Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, we're going to do it for sure. And yeah, I've had my moments as far as evaluating quarterbacks, definitely. Uh, there's a few others too. I still think that my Patrick Mahomes is my nicest moment. I'm going to say that I'm going to pat myself on the back, old Patty boy Mahomes, but, uh, been wrong too. And who knows, you know, I was, I was badly wrong last year on Daniel Jones, probably as wrong as I've ever been on a quarterback that was drafted in the first round. And he man, that he proved me wrong. So this is scouting. And as you know, it's not a perfect uh, you know, a perfect business or thing, or what you're not always going to be right on every player, every aspect of the player. I certainly know I've been wrong in other positions as well, uh, but I do do my work. And of course, you know, not only do I take into when I get into quarterback evaluations too, you know, you got to take it all into account. I think too many times people just turn on the film and they just go, Oh, wow, great throw. Oh, he's open. Great. That's awesome. You know, all right, but you know, was the offense delivering easy completions? How much are you responsible for doing something when nothing's there? You know, how much talent do you have around you? You know, I think those are all things that sometimes get lost in the shuffle as far as evaluating quarterbacks. And, you know, Josh Allen would be a perfect example of that up in Buffalo. You know, went to Wyoming, played in horrible weather, didn't have a good team around him, wasn't a great offense. And he had some games that looked real shaky. But I think anybody watching football now would agree and go, damn, the kid's got a chance to be a superstar. He's not perfect yet, but we see the potential and all that has to be taken into account. Sorry for talking so much. No, what do you what do you think you missed last year in Daniel Jones? Because you did I not think, have him. I, I don't know where you had him. I think you ranked the top eight. Was he in the top eight for you? He was in the top eight, but I made him like number six or seven. I, I did. Yeah. I mean, I had him behind Jared Stidham. Uh, you know, I had him behind Ryan Finley, which is another guy that I was wrong about for sure. I think the thing I, that I lost was with Daniel Jones. And I did this a little bit with Dak Prescott too, where I didn't listen to some of the things I just said. I didn't take into account what was being asked of him, the talent around him, the type of throws he was being asked to make as compared to the type of throws he's capable of making when asked to do it. I think those are the things I miss more than anything. And, you know, it's tough. I'd like to sit here and tell you, Ahmed, that if I got to see these quarterbacks in person, I don't feel like I would ever get one wrong. You know, but I don't get to see these guys work out in person and do that, you know, more times than not. So I got to go by what the film looks like and everything there, too. And, yeah, he was one I was just completely wrong about. You know, he was not aggressive on film last year, didn't make a lot of big throws down the field really didn't make a lot of plays off schedule, did a lot of like the quarterbacky things, the technique things well. But I just questioned whether when things broke down, could he be the type of talent to carry your team or make a play? And man, he is. I mean, uh, to me, he's one of the young budding stars in football. So I was wrong about that. Hopefully I'm not wrong about any of these this year, but uh, it's an interesting group nonetheless. Yeah, and you were not alone on being being wrong about Daniel Jones. There are a lot of people that were shocked with with that pick, but so far, so good for the Giants. So here we go. This is the Chris Sims 2020 draft quarterback prospect ranking. Uh, how deep did you go here? I was kind of curious to see how deep you're going to go. Right. I, I mean, I watched 10 quarterbacks. I would say I studied, you know, in depth 
about seven or eight of them. And then like a few down the line where I just watched some, you know, first and second down tapes, a third down tape. But my focus is mainly or on the guys that are in the conversation for the top quarterbacks in the draft. I'll revisit some of the down the line guys as we go along here. But, I, you know, we're going to be doing a lot of pods here, talking about a lot of different positions. I can't look at like 20 quarterbacks on film right now and worry about that. So I got, you know, top eight or nine down. Maybe it was 10 yeah. exactly. And now I'll move on to a new position and then revisit this. But, um, yeah, I feel like I got a pretty good feel for the class overall. What do you mean we don't have time? We're just sitting at home every second of every day, Chris. We have nothing to do. We don't. We are so bored. Dude, I <laughs> I hear you there. I am a little fucking bored. I'm, there's no doubt about it. I'm going to drive my wife crazy. I think she's sitting here like, damn, get out of here. Damn. You know, I yesterday, I, I you might have heard me say this on PFT this morning. I was kind of like, man, I don't know what it is. I'm like stressed out. I'm anxious. And. She's like, yeah, because you're a psycho and you're used to a schedule and you're off your schedule. So uh, it is. It's throwing me for a loop. And uh, with the kids being around and everything, yeah. it's just it's a different time. She goes, I know this is I know it's bad for your health, but you need to go outside because it's way worse for our health for you to be here with us every second of every single day. All right. So I, I'm I'm guessing you did top five then. It's kind of I like did top did five. five. I did. OK, and I think there's All a right. you know, to me, there's a there's a top four. Okay, that kind of stand alone. There is a number five, of course, as we'll get to. And there's some other guys that are on my radar that I go, ooh, as I watch more of them down the down the line here, I'm not so sure they can't challenge, you know, maybe to be in that 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 fifth spot in the conversation. But uh got a little bit of everything in this class, and I'm excited to to, to break these down. Number five, the number five draft quarterback prospect in this upcoming 2020 draft for Chris Sims is? Well, Jacob Eason from Washington. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think this is anything that's shocking to anybody. Uh, you know, first off, uh, I, I, all right, so I'll, I'll stick to Jacob Eason. I'll, I'll go into some other stuff later on. But Jacob Eason, uh, he's a, a huge man, right? I mean, he is more of your prototypical type pocket passing quarterback. He wants to stand in there and try to throw rifles all over the field. Now, the first thing is, I think that type of quarterback is a dying breed in the NFL. I really do. You know, quarterbacks that can't get out of the pocket, can't move around in the pocket, make plays off schedule like that. As you know, if you look at all the top quarterbacks in football, they're all capable of doing that. So that right off the bat, to me, is a little bit of a negative with Jacob Eason. Out of the top five quarterbacks or out of a lot of the quarterbacks, he's not very athletic. I don't think he's going to make a whole lot of plays on his own. Now, does he have a big arm? Yes, he does, definitely. But I also don't know if he's got a lot of clubs in the bag, Ahmed. And when I say that, I think you've heard me make these golf references before. Everything's the driver. Everything's come out and let me crush it. But I don't see a pitching wedge. I don't see a five iron. I don't see a variety of throws nor do I see a guy that's incredibly accurate and has a few little technical flaws that I don't like in the throwing either. So good player. I do think he's a guy that probably needs to go somewhere, sit, sit a year or two. He's got some potential, but I think he's got to speed up his release, speed up his feet, and just become a better overall athlete uh, in general and learn to throw in different positions and on the run and things like that. All were a little underwhelming to me. You know, like in the 1980s, 90s, a lot of guys would look at this guy and go, oh, he's a first-round pick. 
But the league has just changed. The quarterbacks are not the same anymore. And as we mentioned, you got to be able to move. you got to be able to throw from different platforms. I mean, 70% of the game of quarterbacks in the NFL, unless you have an unbelievable offensive line, you're leaning off your back foot. You're throwing sidearm. You're ducking to throw through a lane. You're on the run. You're on the run and you're setting up while you're also kind of moving but trying to get a setup. And those are things I don't see a whole lot from Jacob Eason. So is he a guy, and, and there are a few quarterbacks in this draft class that for, are foregoing their senior year, is he a guy that maybe could have benefited from returning to Washington for one more year? I, I, I think that's a fair question. I don't know what the – you know, again, I'm never going to be mad at a guy for going out there, getting his money, yeah. starting his professional career. Hey, for a lot of these guys, this is their greatest strength in life, and you only have a short time to capitalize. You're not like a doctor where you can, you know, have a stethoscope on until you're 74 and still be yeah. an awesome doctor. You know, you just you can't do that, right? Um, so I, I, I would have liked to see him go back. Yeah, I do. I think there's some things there where he he's got talent. Uh, he could have polished up some of these things we talked about and maybe be held in a little bit of a higher regard going into next year. Uh, but nonetheless, he's coming out, and he's got he's got some things I like, but certainly has some things he's got to improve on as well. It's a huge. I wrote guy. a couple. He is, yeah, he is a giant on the field, almost like he reminds me. My comparison would be Ryan Mallett. All right, do you remember Ryan Mallett coming out of oh, Arkansas? Yeah. Right, Michigan yeah, too. That, that, right, I mean, he's got a big arm like him too, but underwhelming athlete and I don't know if he's as good a thrower as Ryan Mallett was coming out in college either so you know these guys uh you know this Mike Glennon Brock Osweiler those type of guys man I don't think they're gonna be you know you got to be more than that this day and age like I said earlier one of the things I noted here I was just writing down a few things that a lot of the different scouts are saying with these quarterbacks and and one of the scouts noted that you know powerful arm but what he'll do is he'll drift back in the pocket, just keep drifting back, drifting back, knowing that he has the arm strength to to make a throw. Um, so just like little little things like you're saying, raw talent that still needs to be de- be developed, but uh, but has these little quirks that maybe an extra year at Washington would work out, or or maybe he does need to turn the page, go pro, and get some some pro coaching there as well. Well, yeah, th- there is that aspect. You're right. Just go there, start being a football player, twenty four seven, seven days a week, and go with it. And Ahmed, you made you made a good point. There's no doubt there's some of that in his game, which leads to inconsistencies throwing the football. You know, he steps what I call in the bucket sometimes, right? You know, to use my clock analogy, if you're sitting in the middle of a clock and he wants to throw to 12 o'clock, he'll step at 9 o'clock to throw at 12 o'clock. And, yeah, that's going to lead to Aaron throws. Don't necessarily like that. And I'll tell you one thing. For a guy that's 6'6 and as tall as he is, he, he leans forward a lot as he throws. And it changes the trajectory of the ball where it comes out lower. And you see balls batted down from him from time to time. Or he just throws balls low in general where I want to go, man, one of your great advantages is your size and your height. And you're almost taken away from it by doing that. And those are things that are not not real hard to clean up. I think he's a good enough athlete and has enough natural talent to clean up that aspect of his game. Jacob Eason, your number five quarterback. Number four. For 2020. Number four is Tua Tonga Viola. Okay. Whoa. Is number four. Yes. I know. Wow. Now listen. See, this is why I didn't want I didn't want to know your list beforehand because I wanted to be shocked like that. And I am shocked because in talking to you previously, I mean you've interviewed him. You thought he was a pretty good guy, good character guy. I thought right? you kind of liked his talent. I'm curious about this one. 
I, I well, I do like his talent. There's no doubt. Okay, there's a lot of things we got to take into account here. First off, the injury history is scary to me. There's no doubt about that. Am I taking a little off the table because of the injury history? Yes. Am I taking a little off just because he's injured right now? Yes. Am I taking a little off because after watching film, I think he's injury prone? I do. I'm not so sure he knows how to get out of harm's way. One of the one thing, one of the first things that jumped out to me while watching film of him, and I'll get into his talent because he's got talent. I'm certainly not here to sit here. I mean, I really like this kid and a lot what he brings to the table. But man, he plays small. I mean, he plays very small in the pocket. He can get swallowed up. He can't always see down the middle of the field. He's not great at throwing the ball with power and accuracy with people around him. You know, to me, that's where we can't lose sight of this. Again, it's going to look good in Alabama. Everybody on those offensive lines is going to start in the NFL. His top two receivers are going to get drafted in the top 25 of the first round, and the go-to receiver is going to be drafted in the top 10 or 15 next year. All right? So he had a ton of talent around. So we can't – this is where we got to be careful when we evaluate quarterbacks and just go – Oh, man, look, he's spreading the ball all over the field. This is like a machine. And I want to go, okay, yeah, I get that. And he deserves some of that credit. But also, we could put a lot of quarterbacks in there, and that place is still going to look like a damn machine at Alabama. And that's not to take away from Tua. But those are some of my concerns right off the bat. And, yeah, you know, as I just talked about playing quarterback in the NFL, Ahmed, you know, unless you have the best offensive line in football, you got to make throws with people around you down the middle of the field, hanging around you, feet in awkward positions. And that's where I worry about Tua a little bit, let alone, you know, he's a, all right, so the he's a gifted athlete. There's no doubt about that. He's got great feet. He can hop around the pocket. You know, he's a good runner and all of that. Now, I don't know necessarily do I think he's going to be a great runner in the NFL. I don't think he has the type of speed that I'm going to, it's going to translate to, oh, my gosh, Tua's just running around, making plays, playing backyard football. No. You know, I, I don't think he's that fast. Do I think he's fast enough to dance around the pocket and make some plays that way? Certainly. Now, do you have any questions or you want me to keep going? Yeah, no. I, so Go so his his running ability, yeah, he, he's. I, I would almost say he's like a, he, yeah, like a nifty runner, right? And, and he uses right. his running ability – oftentimes and was noted by a few scouts that I saw to stay behind the line of scrimmage buy him time does a good job of moving safeties around with his eyes so there are sure. some things that he does with his game where he doesn't have that overpowering arm he doesn't have that blazing speed but it does seem like you know he's able to do those things albeit like you say behind a really good offensive line and some really good receivers but there are some things that that do seem advanced with with Tua at least have been noted by some of the scouts out there yeah, well, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, he's a natural at playing the quarterback position. He really does understand it. Now, he's had the great advantage, like we just talked about, of having talent around him and also being coached by the greatest coach in the history of college football. His offense is phenomenal. I mean, it's a very advanced college football offense. There's guys running free everywhere on every play. Now, is he an accurate thrower? Definitely. He's accurate. He does not have a big arm to what you mentioned, all right? And if you're, you know, anybody watching this right now on our YouTube page, you know, here's two on Twitter yesterday doing some drills, some cone drills, looks good, kind of showing yep. he's off. Healthy, he's healthy, Chris. He's proving you wrong. He's saying, I'm healthy. I can stay healthy. I, Look at me. Yep, I, oh, I'm healthy. Look at that. He can backpedal to a cone. All answer, everything's answered. <laughs> That's all we need to know. 
Uh, I'm glad to see him back out there. I'm rooting for this kid. I am. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, back to what I was saying a little, you know, he's kind, he is a machine throwing the football. He is accurate. But you mentioned it. It's not a great overpowering arm. So I do wonder, okay, if you're not in a great offense and your receivers aren't open all the time, how many great throws are you going to make, you know, where, hey, the NFL open is different than in college. Are you going to be able to throw, you know, hammer in a 20-yard out route into tight coverage? You know, those are things I'm not so sure about, Tua. You're going to be able to hammer a 25-yard crossing route with traffic around you in the pocket and people in your face? I don't think so. So those are things that concern me. Let alone the more I watched Ahmed, you know, I came away at first going, man, the kid's really accurate. And then the more I watched, I went, yeah, he's accurate when it's an easy completion. But when windows get tight or the coverage get tight and then he has to step on the gas and throw with a little bit more power, you know, that accuracy does become compromised there. So, you know, again, I love the player in a lot of ways. He just scares the hell out of me. Size is a skill. Tom Brady is playing still because he's big and he can throw the ball 50 yards in a pocket with people around him and not have to step into the throw and still get great velocity on it. And that's because he's got big hands, long arms, square shoulders. And, you know, so so there is something to size. I'm not saying it's always an end-all, be-all, but those are the things that concern me with Tua. He is very scary to me. I'm not necessarily sold that the type of style he plays will translate to the NFL, right? Like we saw Johnny Manziel. Oh, he ran around and did all these cool things in college football. Yeah, that's great. You know, but in the NFL, you're going to play two defensive ends every week who run 4-5 or run 4-4. And if you're not running 4-4, you're not running by them. That's just the, yeah. the simple fact of the matter. And that changes the dynamic of the player in the game. So, And I'm just concerned with the injury history. I'm certainly docking him a little bit because of size, injury history, and further injury concerns. So that's tough because a lot of the consensus mock drafts out there right now have him going in the top five. Um, but I, I if think you that's were, crazy. I just it, I think that's so. Crazy. If you were, if you so you think it's if you were counseling your old friend Brian Flores there sitting at five with Miami, you say don't don't take Tua. I, I just would say at five, I don't feel I wouldn't feel comfortable about that. I think there's a lot of risks there, risk there right now, especially in a year where. You know, not sure he's going to be able to get evaluated by a medical doctor here in time before the draft and all those things. You know, again, this is a first-round talent. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, I being in the top 10, it would scare me with Tua. And, again, I think everybody's got to be a little careful about just looking at the bottom-line results and going, oh, look at his stats. Look at his win-losses. You know, hey, the guy, the quarterback they ran out of town, Jalen Hurts, was like 25-2 and two or 25-3. and three. So, you know, you just got to be careful that you got to look at it and look to go, what's going to translate to the NFL? And there's some things there that I got some questions about, no doubt about it. Your first shocker of your quarterback ranking list, Tua, at number four. So I know who's in your top three. At least I think I do right now, but I don't know the order. So we'll go number three for Chris Sims. Number three, I'm going with Jordan Love. Jordan Love was a guy that I came away, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie, TV scouting, some of the things I saw this year and just a few games I caught or highlights, you know, I, I came away going, oh, I'm not so sure about this Jordan Love guy. You know, I kind of went into watching film with a little bit of a, 
you know, what do I want to say? A negative thought in my mind about well, the because play. there were a lot of yeah, there were a lot of people that were saying he is a poor man's Patrick Mahomes or comparing him to Patrick Mahomes and some of the things he can do. And you were very skeptical about that that comp, even if it was you know, qualified with quote unquote the poor man's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, right, right. Well, yes, I, he has some special things. He, I can see where people try to make that comparison, but again. It's Patrick Mahomes, and right now he is on the trajectory to be the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. He's certainly in the conversation already for one of the most physically gifted quarterbacks we've ever seen in our sport, and that's why I fell in love with him the first time I watched him come out in the draft, uh, Ahmed. Now, Jordan Love has some really good physical gifts, too, that I really like. All right, First off, he has good size. He's a good athlete. He does a great job of staying and throwing position in the pocket. You know, he's fearless that way, all right? He does have a big-time arm. He can throw it effortlessly, all right? I mean, he can throw 20-yard outs or 30-yard back shoulder throws to a wide receiver, and it's like a flick of the wrist. All of that is really good and checks out. I love it. Now, the big question with Jordan Love is going to be, man, he threw a lot of interceptions this year. You know, what happened? Why was there a drop-off between 2018 and 2019? Well, one... You know, they had a coaching change. And, I mean, just all you got to do is go back and look at 2018 highlights, and you'll just look and go, man, there's a lot of people opening these highlights, a lot of easy throws. They're impressive throws, but you just go, they're easy. You know, 2019, that just didn't happen. Didn't have talent around them, not a real good offense. You know, I looked at a lot of the interceptions, right? I looked at every one of the interceptions. Hey, there was out of the 17, there's three or four where I go, Damn, what's he doing? What's he looking at? That was stupid. The rest of them, you know, I'm going to put a little blame on the offense, the talent around him, and the fact that, hey, the guy's trying to win games. And a lot of times Utah State was on the field. They weren't the better team on the field. And he had to force the issue a little bit to help his team out. So those are the negative aspects that I just kind of want to squash, right? Now, the positive aspects, though, you know, the arm is, it's like a rubber band. I mean, like I said, he can launch it. And at sometimes it can be a curse a little bit because he can let his arm get too floppy and loose at times and kind of lose control of the ball or lose power a little bit. But when he keeps it tight, like I saw him do at the combine and like I see him do on film with a number of throws, man, the ball explodes out of his hand, Ahmed. And he doesn't need to be perfect position. Like a Mahomes, he could throw a ball 20 yards to the sideline sidearm and do stuff like that. He can wheel and deal like that, which excites me. Let alone, you know, I think he's a guy that's got room to grow. Is he a little raw? Certainly. But I think between his size, athleticism, you know, composure that I think showed off on film, and then his ability to throw the football, yeah, I think his game translates better to the NFL than someone like Tua. And, and I know a lot of people out there are going to be like, you know, they're going to, they're going to go, oh, it's 20 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Listen, if Jordan Love was on Alabama, his stats would look a whole lot different. We got to get over this aspect of like stats, stats, stats. Team does matter. You know, Case Keenum, Blake Bortles, and Nick Foles were in the final four of the NFL just three years ago. They're all backups now, but they were in the final four. And they're, oh, they're going to the Super Bowl. They're Super Bowl quarterbacks. Oh, that's right. Their teams are really fucking good around them. Oh, fucking shocker. Right. Oh, and look, their teams haven't been good around them. What's happened? Oh, 
Those guys that we thought were Super Bowl quarterbacks are not good anymore. They're backups. So you need to have, I don't care who you are, you've got to have some support system. And Jordan Love, I think the lack of offensive talent and lack of offensive creativity and predictability I saw, you know, they lead to some of the bad stats we see on his bottom line. So sorry I'm talking so much. Don't, like, no. raise your hand. And tell me to shut the fuck up if you think I'm rambling too long. No, but I, I, no, I mean, you've watched all the film on these guys, so I want to hear all the things you say. And, and I, I am curious about, about the decision-making because you can say that it's, you know, he had to make things happen. He was the best player on, on a team that didn't have a whole lot of talent around him. But say, I, I did read around some places and they said, Jordan Love has a, has a chance to be the most overhyped prospect and most overrated going into the draft because of some of those things where it's like you you fall in love with the ability the different arm angles the the comparisons to Patrick Mahomes and you downplay the fact that maybe the decision making is a problem and wasn't just a function of being around you know a bad teammates like a Jameis Winston right it's like you think okay once he gets some coaching and Bruce Arians offense he's not going to make some of those silly mistakes and he still made those mistakes 30 of them so I, I guess that's the thing. Like, I, you can't yeah. totally dismiss the fact that the decision making might be a problem going forward for a guy like guy like Jordan Love. It, it's a it's a fair question. Now, you know, the the, the I'm not going to be able to answer that all the way. You know, the, that'll sure. be you're going to have to meet the guy a little bit to see what's in between the ears and what's the makeup of the player. Now, from what I saw on film, hey, like I said, there was a lot of interceptions where I go. All right, I got no problem with that. He thought he could throw a seam route down the right side, and it was a tight window, and the guy got his hand up and intercepted it. Or, you know, he throws a, a fade to the right sideline, and the DB goes up and makes an interception. I'm not sitting there going, oh, my gosh, how stupid is that? He threw a one-on-one -on -one jump ball up to a 6'3 receiver. Damn, let, let me – damn, he's a fourth-rounder now. Let me knock him down. Holy <laughs> crap. You know, so you got to take that into account. Other things, too, you know, he threw some pick sixes. He threw some little hitch routes out to the outside. You know, they're like kind of catch the ball. If you got the look you want, you get it, and you fire it out there. But they're also very – they're plays that are run constantly in their offense to where a DB gets to see it five or six times, and then he makes a break on one because he's like, oh, I've seen the quarterback do this little action, and I've seen the body language of this receiver. He's going to sit up. I can make a good break on the ball. Bam. So does Jordan Love have to be a little more careful? Definitely. But I think a lot of circumstances around it, to me, led to some of those careless plays. The ones I'd really like to see taken away are the ones like he's scrambling and there's a guy 50 yards downfield and as he's running and running off his back foot, he tries to launch some ball like he's Patrick Mahomes and it gets intercepted. All right, those are the ones I don't love to see. But those are things that, you know, I, I think can be coached out of the guy in general. I don't see Jameis Winston, oh my gosh, there's four guys on me and I'm still going to try to throw the ball 30 yards down the middle and because I just think I'm Superman. I don't see that type of stuff from Jordan Love, and that's where I would just say it's a little different. I really like the potential of this kid. He has an incredibly high ceiling. I mean, you could argue he might have the highest ceiling of all these quarterbacks in the draft, uh, but wow. yes, he's a little polished right now, and that's that's what makes him exciting. I'm 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 pumped to see how he develops because he he probably is. He's right, like you said, the most volatile of all the the quarterbacks. His his range, his volatility could be you know top quarterback in the class, or he could be he, the decision making doesn't come and it doesn't translate to the pro game, and then he's 
he's he's one of the tenth best quarterbacks in the I, league. So yeah, I, I I hear you. I think an NFL environment. I'm playing this that the NFL environment, the coaching, when he starts to realize what NFL throws are all about. I had this conversation with Deshaun Watson when he was coming out of the draft. I wanted to go like I I asked him. I was like, you know, on film in college, like you you never step on the pedal. You know, every ball is kind of like 75, 80%. And he's like, well, that's all I had to do. But then he got to the NFL and he realized, man, I got to start throwing at 95, 98%, 100%. I got to rifle this in there. And I saw the capabilities of him being able to do that in Clemson to where I saw enough to go, he'll be able to do this consistently in the NFL. And that's the way I feel about Jordan Love. I, I just think there's some things here that will really translate to the NFL and once somebody gets a little microscope on him on a daily basis and just cleans up a few things, yeah, I think he's got big-time, big-time potential. And, uh, yeah, I certainly look at him as being a, a first-round draft pick. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So he is good, but he is not as good as the top two in your list. I'm very curious here. Number two quarterback prospect in this year's draft. Yeah, Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Justin Herbert fan. I am. You know, I think the first thing is I think he's got the best arm out of any of these quarterbacks in the draft. And yeah, I'm into arm. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Does it lead me the wrong way sometimes? Yeah, but you know, I think if you look a lot of the great quarterbacks in the history of the sport, they had special arms. You look at a lot of the great wide receivers in the history of the sport. Let me wait, wait. Oh, they were fast. Um, oh. Some of the great pass rushers in the history of sport, they were, um, oh, strong. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, having yeah. arm strength yeah. is important. You and, your, and you and your dad share that philosophy, talking to both of you guys. It's just like, do you have the, the arm talent to make the throws? And that's where you, you have to start and stop for a lot of these guys. Although, interestingly enough, and we won't get to your number one guy, though, your number one guy doesn't have quite the arm strength of the number two guy, but that's for uh, that's for later yeah, on. No, you're right. You're right. And we'll get into that. You're right. You're definitely right. And that's going to be a good topic of conversation. We'll get there. But yes, I mean, as you've heard me say or my dad say before, you know, a really gifted thrower allows an offense to open up and they just go, man, the coach has 
no fear of anything. All of a sudden, he becomes like Vincent Van Gogh. He's like, oh, I like this play. I mean, like Andy Reid. He's just sending everybody deep, and bam, I don't give a damn. You just go down the field, and Mahomes will throw you a rifle. And it just opens up the whole offense. That's what a great arm does, let alone it can get the ball to receivers in spots that other quarterbacks can't or get it to them a little quicker to where they can make more running run you know, yards after the catch. But Herbert, you know, first off, really good athlete, can throw with people around him, and to me can make the most wow throws out of anybody I've seen in this draft at this point. I mean, he can make some throws where I just went, whoa, holy shit. I mean, that's that's a rifle. That's a missile. You know, and not just that, too, where I talked about, like, Jacob Eason, who, you know, everything's as hard as he can throw it. I saw enough. Uh, from my man Justin Herbert to go, he's got touch. He's got many clubs in the bag. He can throw deep crossers and just loft it out there and let the receiver run under it. You know, when he gets out of the pocket, and I should have said this about Jordan Love, I think Herbert and Jordan Love could move more. They need to scramble and run more, take advantage more of their athleticism. They sit in the pocket sometimes too long waiting to make the throw because they have such great confidence in their arm and their size and their ability just to slam it in there. But Herbert, you know, also showed me the ability to move around and extend some plays. He's got pretty good feel in the pocket. And when he does run and opens up, right, he might not be the quickest or the fastest to accelerate, but he is the fastest quarterback out of all these guys. When he opens up, he can rip off a 30, a 40, a 50-yard run. I mean, it's a special athlete that way. So, I like that. And then to go back into just some of the negatives you hear about Herbert, and I, I'm sure you got questions. But again, I'm going to blame a lot of the negative stuff I saw from Justin Herbert, other than maybe the Arizona State game, where it's probably the worst game he played in his college career. All the other downfalls I saw, I, I would blame offense. Or there's just so many plays where I'll go, okay, yeah, it's an incomplete pass, but. You know, if you and me were watching film, Ahmed, I'd go, where do you want him to throw it? Here's five guys. All of them are covered like glue. There's nothing to do. You know, and then, you know, just as we watch on TV, we see an incompletion. We're like, oh, I don't know what's wrong with this Herbert guy. I mean, he just can't make the offense go. It's not always about that. So there is a lot to like about Justin Herbert and his skill set. And I think he has an incredibly high ceiling as well, like Jordan Love. I mean, they, they can be superstar physical talents who I think can take over games. What about the concern with him? Because, yeah, great size, great mobility, great arm strength, quick feet. He, he does so many things so well. But what, what, what about the criticism that sometimes it can appear robotic or it's just yeah, not, okay. not as fluid as, as you'd want, not as natural? Yeah, I, I think that that's certainly a concern. Now, yeah, he relies on his arm to be a little bit what I call an independent contractor at times, where he just goes, I'm big, I'm strong, I don't need to use my body. I can just literally it, just he, take my He threw, what, 70 and... yards, right? right? 70 yards without his from yeah, that was insane. That's what I mean. So he's, so a little bit like you see with anything, you know, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, the gift and the curse sometimes, like the J, old Jay-Z album. You know, it's the gift and the curse. Because, yes, sometimes you're such a gifted thrower, you'll lose track of your techniques and things like that because you're just like, oh, damn, I don't know. I'm getting it done. I'm throwing spirals. I'm throwing life rifles all over the field. Yeah, there's some of that that he needs to clean up. There's no doubt about that. I think I see it more on the short throws. The short throws are where you really need to use the body. 
You can't have a long windup to throw to a receiver five yards over the middle, right? I mean, you're going to throw a rifle to the guy where it's going to move so fast, he's not going to be able to catch it or make a play after the catch. So that's where I saw a little bit of it. But I also saw enough good throws to go, oh, no, he can wheel and deal and flick it out of his hand to the back out of the backfield or a shallow crosser to where, again, I just think in an NFL environment with coaching and things like that, I saw enough of it to go, oh, he can do it. Now he just got to refine it and somebody's got to stay on his ass on a day-by-day basis and he'll become a machine at doing it. What do you think about, and we've talked about this before, and I think this is really interesting, the fact that he could have come out last year. I don't know where he would have been drafted, but it, it's likely it was a top five pick, maybe. You know, certainly top ten. I think a lot of people were high on Justin Herbert last year. Decided to go back to Oregon for his for his senior year. And there are some teams, I don't want to say see that as a as a red flag, but see it as a as a negative of not wanting to come out and play pro ball when you were ready to play pro ball. I, I think those are real questions circulating around the NFL community. Uh, there's no doubt. Why? No. Why is it? Why is that a concern? Well, because more times than not, guys that like really, really love football are just itching to get to the next level, right? I want to get into the NFL and get started. I want to be the greatest of all time. I want to be Tom Brady or Terry Bradshaw or Joe Montana, right? That's usually what that guy is like. Now, he's different in the fact that he grew up there in Eugene, Oregon. You know, one of his goals in life was to be the quarterback of Oregon. I think he was enjoying that aspect of it. But I think, like, Ahmed, that's that's just as I've had friends who've texted me, hey, what do you think about the quarterbacks and all that? I think a lot of them love his physical talent. I think the one thing they all want to get to know is how much does he love football? You know, is he is he or is he a different guy? I think that's the one thing that's, you know, scaring people. I think people, Andrew Luck has scarred people. They're going, damn, you know, is this going to be one of those guys that like six years from now is just going to go, eh, I made a lot of money. There's more to life. Let me move on. You know, I think that aspect scares people, especially when you're talking about your franchise quarterback where you're going to draft them in the top 15 or top 20 and you want them to be your quarterback for 10 years or so. You know, you certainly don't want to have that. So those are fair questions. And again, those are things that teams are going to have to figure out on their own, meeting the player, getting to know him. He didn't jump out to me as Bubble Boy when I got to talk to him and hang out with him at the Combine. I know he impressed people at the Senior Bowl with how he played and looked and acted there. So I think that should go a long way to calming some of those rumors or concerns. I think you're right. And the reports were that his interviews at the Senior Bowl and at the Combine were good too, left teams with a a good feeling. So maybe that's not a concern for for Justin Herbert, at least for some teams out there. And the last thing with him, like, I guess, you know, again, this goes back to coaching and being a better offense. The one, my biggest concern, I think, more than anything with him on film was, hey, sometimes he just stuck on the, stuck on the number one receiver too long, right? Hey, you know, he's supposed to go one to two to three, and he would just sit there and be like, come on, one, keep, get, get open, get open, get open. Yeah. You're not open? Okay, I'm still going to try to throw a rifle into the perfect spot and fit it in there. You know, again... Those are things I don't love, but I think those are things that if it's a smart guy who we know can take coaching, those are easy to coach out of a player. You know, that's sometimes the the curse of having a big arm. You just think you can always fit it in there. And I think this is not some idiot kid. I think he'll learn how to adjust. And he showed me enough on film that he is capable of doing it. It's funny you bring that up, too, because one of the notes that I wrote down was often waits too long to cut it loose. And I just assumed that maybe he was yeah. going through all of, all of his progressions, but... 
you're saying a lot of times it was just trying to get that number one uh, receiver uh, open. Well, and sometimes the offense was only for that, Ahmed. Like, you, sure. I'd watch a play and go, wait, the, the play is to this one guy. He doesn't really have a choice. So there's only two options here. So he's got to wait for one of them to get open. And, you know, there was a few times where I just want to get out, scramble, move, do whatever. Um, but, again, I, I think that's – he was in – the worst offense of all these quarterbacks I watched, Ahmed. And that's, again, where you just got to be a little careful. Don't let the offense start to affect what you think of the player. And you got to take that into account when you evaluate these guys. So that is your number two quarterback, which means your number one quarterback in the 2020 draft is Jake from State from Georgia quarterback. <laughs> you met him. You'd like, uh, no. <laughs> no, no, maybe not. not. No, maybe not. It's it's Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, baby. Um, man, there's just it's the cleanest film I've ever seen from a college quarterback. Okay? Ooh, what do you mean? But what do you mean by cleanest film? I've just never seen more accurate throws, more proper decisions, more the the ability to read and react in the pocket like we were just talking about with Justin Herbert not getting off the number one read sometimes he is so quick through his progressions and can go one to two to three and uncork it and let it go to number three and throw a perfect spiral and it's almost like man how the hell did he get over there that quick that was unbelievable he evaluated the front side that quickly and got to the back side and then you know, saw the coverage and evaluated the throw all. I mean, he's, he's a natural that way. All right. He really is, you know, incredibly accurate, incredible presence and pocket poise. I mean, he really can manipulate the pocket. Ahmed. That's the thing, the thing that jumped out to me more than anything. We talk about Tua hopping around the pocket, buying time, doing things like that. Burrow can do that every bit as well. It might not look as cool or as sexy, but, man, I was impressed with his ability to dance around the pocket, make throws with people around him, hanging around him, at his feet, never lost his accuracy. Ahmed, he can run. I mean, I saw him turn the corner a number of times in SEC football, which has the most pros on the field in any other conference. You know, I like that aspect of it. And he wasn't a great offense. I get that. You know, a great offense with great talent around him. Uh, but – Really, there's not a whole lot of negatives to his game other than his deep ball throwing. That would be the one negative I looked at. For a number one pick in the draft, I just wish he had a little bit more of a physically gifted arm. But I just think everything else is so damn good, you can't pass him up. Let alone, I know he's a stud in person. You know, I got to see him at the combine, not meet him, but really be in the same room with him and evaluate him. He, he's he's a franchise quarterback. He really, he reminds me on the field, he re, you know, I know a lot of people say Tom Brady. He's a better athlete than Tom Brady and doesn't have as good an arm as Tom Brady. He reminds me more of Peyton Manning, honestly. I think he's more of that guy than Tom Brady. You know, not necessarily going to wow you with all these unbelievable power throws, but the decision-making can make all the throws and then the pinpoint accuracy to go with it and then the size and strength to throw with, you know, a mosh pit around him and not be affected, very, very special that way. 
So what about the same argument that you made against Tua? I mean, this is an LSU team that was stacked at offensive line. They had a good running game. They had a lot of good receivers as well. And so he also was playing in an environment, albeit against a good competition in, yeah. in the SEC, but he was playing in an environment with teammates that are going to be NFL players. No, I, you're right. They're, they're, that's where we got to balance. There's no doubt about that. Now, I think his size and throwing and chaos is much better than Tua. That's where, you know, I would say there's a difference there. You know, the ability to throw into tight windows accurately, uh, I mean, that was off the charts good. I can't get over it. Now, like I said, I wish he had a stronger arm. And I'll say I don't see him throw off a whole lot of different platforms either. I don't know if he's a guy that's going to be able to, like, throw a sidearm ball off his back foot for a 20-yard completion down the sideline on, like, a deep out route. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. That's not going to be his game. Um but yes, there's no doubt that he had big-time talent around him and a really good offense. But I do think he made a whole lot more throws with chaos around him and a whole lot more throws where receivers are tightly covered and he still gets it in there and throws it in the proper spot. And I think that's what impressed me more than anything. And again, it's not about what they did. It's also trying to figure out what's going to translate to the NFL. And I think that's where I give him a big jump over a guy like Tua. How much worry would you have, though, if you're Cincinnati here? Because at the beginning of the year, coming into the season, the college football season, Joe Burrow, some scouts had him as a as a fourth-rounder. I mean, he was not seen as the number one quarterback going to be taken. Many people would have thought that was going to be Justin Herbert or, or Tua. So not saying he he, sh- he did show a lot in this, in this season of football, but you have that fear that it's a, it's a one-hit wonder, that some of the stuff just all came together in the perfect career year for Joe Burrow hadn't done it previously, wasn't on the radar, and all of a sudden, boom, here he is. That You know, you have that fear that he turns into a pumpkin, and he's not the guy that he was for just that one year at LSU. Yeah, well, I I understand that. But, you know, second year in offense, there's a big difference between, you know, you grow a lot, you get stronger, you get smarter when you go from 20 to 21. I mean, mean, let's not forget, a year at that age is a big difference. You know, you mature and change a lot physically, mentally, from 18 to 19, and 19 to 20, and so on. And I just don't give a damn what everybody thought before the year. I mean, we've seen people be wrong all the time. I mean, I've come through here. I mean, everybody's telling me Matt Barkley was the first pick of the draft. I mean, oh, it's first pick of the draft, first pick of the draft. I turned on that film and said, no, he's not the first pick of the draft or the second round or the third round. So they were all wrong about that. You know, I think sometimes too much, too, we get too into the – we get too into the, you know, the circumstances again and lead that, and that leads us into the evaluation. You know, I think people look at, oh, well, he left Ohio State. All right, he was the starting quarterback at Ohio State. He got hurt, and then they gave the job to Dwayne Haskins. And I know that there was some recruiting politics involved in that decision. And Joe Burrow just said, fine, see you later, I'm out of here. So now he goes to a new school. He doesn't have like, yeah, the best, greatest year ever. His first year there at LSU, expected. I mean, they're a team that couldn't throw the ball ever in their history, and they were trying to change under Joe Burrow and change drastically. So, you know, again, I'm not going to pay attention to a whole lot to those early, early evaluations. It just, it doesn't hold any water to me all the time. And from what I saw from this year, it's really fucking good, Ahmed. So, so how about your tiers? Is he in a tier by himself? Do you put him close to uh, Justin Herbert at two? How, how, are, how do your tiers, just from your top five quarterbacks, look? 
No, I think that all right. So yeah, I think that he's a he's a little bit in the class of his own right now. I would say that. I do. I think I'm gonna put him in tier one and he's flying solo. You know, then two, three, four are all on the same tier to me. They are. It's very close. You know, so I, Herbert, I Love, and Tua all in tier two kind of for you. All all tier two. All have you know, incredible upside. Uh, like I told you already, I think Herbert and Love have more upside or have a higher ceiling than anybody. I do. Now, is there a little bit maybe of a more of a bust factor with those two as compared to Joe Burrow? Yes, there is. And I would say the same with Tua. I mean, Tua has a, a high ceiling, no doubt about it. I don't know if I think it's as high as Love as Herbert, but there is a bust factor there for him too. There is. And we talked about some of those issues, but I think those three, Herbert, is clearly number two to me. You know, Jordan Love and Tua is very, very close. It's obviously easier to like Tua's film when you evaluate him. It is. But again, you just got to take everything into account there and also try to project forward. And that's what I'm trying to do here. And Tua just scares me for the reasons I mentioned earlier. The size, the style of play, the type of hits he takes has a hard time or a hard time getting out of the way of big hits. You know, that that was concerning to me, let alone, you know, I don't think he has a difference making type arm either. So I think all those things lead me to just put him just at four, just a little bit below Jordan Love. But I feel pretty damn good that Burrow and Herbert will not change as my one two for sure. I've never been one to change much in general. But I think I'm pretty sold on those are one, two. You know, when I revisit these guys a little bit and watch a few more a few weeks down the road, maybe I could switch a two and a Jordan Love. But, you know, I think I'm pretty comfortable with how I got them stacked right now. So where would they stack up to your guys last year? Because your top five last year, your five was Jarrett Stidham, your four was Ryan Finley, your three was Dwayne Haskins, two was Drew Locke, and number one was Kyler Murray. Would you still have Kyler ahead of all the all the quarterbacks if you included the ones from – this year I would yes I would I would have Kyler Murray you know, Kyler Murray to me is was a special special talent and one of the easiest about it was like Patrick Mahomes to me you know by like the 30th play I just went I mean this kid's special I, I you know I, I was I was already sold like oh this is the number one pick in the draft I mean you know the, the power in his arm the quickness of his release his athleticism you know I, there's a perfect example of like what Tua to Kyler Murray right Kyler Murray's like as fast as we've ever seen at the quarterback position. He wasn't scrambling a whole lot this year. You know what I mean? I mean, Tua's not in the class of Kyler Murray running and, and sprinting. Ky I mean, Kyler Murray will blow Tua away in a 50-yard race. And he wasn't running around like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and Fran Tarkenton and run around and make plays all day because nobody can catch me. That's what I mean. It's a different league. So there's Kyler Murray who runs 4-3 and can't do that stuff. I don't think Tua at high four six is going to be able to do that stuff or translate to the NFL either. And that that's where, you know, you, it's you got to evaluate and try to project forward. And so you would probably, if I'm going to guess here, you'd probably have Burrow and Herbert ahead of Drew Locke from last year. Yes, I would, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think that I would probably go, yeah, Burrow, Herbert, Drew Locke, I would probably go that way. Yes, Drew Locke, and then probably Jordan Love, and then and then probably Tua. You know, if I stuck to my yeah. last year rankings of not 
keeping Daniel Jones where I was vastly wrong about that one. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, it's, it's interesting to look back and just see kind of like where they, where they all stack up. Is there any quarterback you want to give an honorable mention to uh, uh, that's on your radar that could maybe move up when you look more, more at his film? Yeah. Well, I think the, the, all right. So there's two guys that jump out to me that I went, Ooh, you know, they have some potential. Jake Luton from Oregon State, all right? I don't mm. know if I'm saying his name. Luton, Luton, whatever, somewhere close to that. And then who am I? Oh, James Morgan from Florida International. Those were two guys to me that I saw and said, damn, they can spin it. They got some legit talent there. You know, they might have a chance to, to do something here in the NFL if they get in the right spot, right opportunity. They jumped out to me. Of course, Jalen Hurts studied him hard. You know, I like his potential. Now, I hear people trying to say, ooh, I think he could be a second-round quarterback. There's just no way I would draft him in the second round. There's just no way. He's a project. He he can't throw into tight windows. He doesn't want to throw into tight windows. He looks to run first. So I think he needs to learn the quarterback position a little bit more and refine some of his throwing before I would say he's a second-round type pick. I think he's more of a mid-round. He might be a fourth- or fifth-round pick where you go, we're going to play him in some different positions the first few years of his career. Maybe he can become a quarterback for us down the line. All right. So we'll see uh, how that how that changes over the next uh, few weeks here. Hopefully the, the draft happens. You know, I think if it does, it will be a, you know, it's, it's all signs are pointing that it will happen, but everything seems to be changing by the hour. But I think that'll be a, that'll be a really fun event to kind of lose ourselves in and, and, and watch that, that unfold here in four weeks. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's going to be an interesting conversation altogether, you know, just with where Tua goes, how teams feel comfortable with him. Justin Herbert, you know, you've raised the right questions there. I think those are legitimate around the NFL, but you're going to see the talent and some of the plays he makes on film and go, holy crap, you know, that's a top five, top ten type play or throw. You know, and then the Jordan Love aspect. You know, again, it's not perfect, certainly not. And there's going to be some moments where you're going to head scratch and go, what was he thinking? Or, you know, why did he do that? But you're also going to see a lot of other throws where you're going to go, damn, well, that was a throw right there. Woo, man, look at that release. You know, so so that's where it's all impressive. And uh, that's where it's going to be very interesting as we evaluate these guys and see where teams feel about them going going forward. Teams that need a quarterback could get one of those five guys. Before I let you go, the teams that need a quarterback could get Cam Newton because uh, it's kind of news that we knew was going to happen, but uh, it's breaking now. The, the Panthers said goodbye to Cam Newton. They've released him. Um, this just came out a few minutes ago when we were taping this. So no real surprise there. It was the end of an era, but I'm super interested to see what happens next with, with Cam and where they go. Yeah, I, me too. I mean, the thing that I keep going back to is, you know, why didn't Carolina do this a month ago? That's where I don't quite understand this because yeah. I think they could have probably drummed up some trade interest for Cam Newton to where they might have actually got some draft picks back for him. You know, if they got two teams bidding against each other, you know, they could have made it made something happen for themselves. But, you know, now they're going to release them and there's not many places for them to go. I mean, where, where does he end up? The only team I look at right now, the Los Angeles Chargers, which if I'm them, I, 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 would, I would seriously consider it. They need the star power. I think he fits with how they want to try to play football this year uh, without Phillip Rivers. 
You know, Anthony Lynn, you've heard my dad say, he's an ex-running backs coach. He's an ex-running back in general. He wants to run the ball, play defense, take some shots down the field. I think Cam Newton does fit that style of play. But, of course, the big thing is going to be his health and where he's at. Yeah, I, I mean. Anybody he, else and, jump and, out to you? you no, I mean, it seems – Here's here's what I think with him, and I, I I've talked to you about the Chargers before too. I kind of want to see Tyrod Taylor get his get his chance because I think he could be really good. But uh, if you got the chance the chance to get Cam Newton, I don't know. I, I think he's highly motivated. I don't know if he still has it, the physical abilities. If he still has it, we haven't seen it in a year. But I wouldn't bet against him. You know, he's taken a lot of big hits in his career, but he's bounced back many many times. And so, a highly motivated Cam Newton going to the Chargers going to the Patriots. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I, wherever he ends up, I'm going to be rooting for him because I enjoy, I enjoy watching that guy, guy play. Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. Cam's one of my favorite watches in football as well. And as, as long as he's on the field and healthy, uh, I can promise you his team has a chance to win the football game. I mean, he's that type of special talent. He's a game changer. So yeah, I hope he's healthy. We'll see where it works. I know the Patriots thing, you know, it's interesting. I don't think that'll happen though. I just don't, I don't think he's their type of fit. They got some salary cap issues. I don't know if they could fit him that way. And I know they love Jared Stidham. I just sit here right now just going, man, it looks like the Chargers. Or or I don't know. Maybe he just sits out and waits for an injury to happen in training camp or something like that to where then he could come in and save the day. But there's not a lot of empty seats right now as far as the quarterback position is concerned. Or who knows? Maybe you know you can get $17 million being a broadcaster somewhere or at least some people can get that so maybe yes maybe he considers that. don't do that yet cam just keep playing football that's what we want to see from you right now yes yes all right chris that that's was fun it, right? we again. hit it all you anything else you want to hit on that was i think that was it I, I we got through your your top five quarterbacks you shocked me with two at four my jaw dropped if we could do the instant replay i was at a wide open mouth because you i was shocked but i thought this is what i thought i thought you'd have herbert one i thought you'd have Tua two and i thought you'd have joe burrow three i didn't uh, know that joe burrow's uh, tape was going to be that clean so <laughs> you, yeah well i know you've heard me rave about herbert and yeah i yes. do get very excited about his top end talent i do uh but no listen i try to go with you know what i see on film evaluate the player Hey, sure, you know, I want to see decision-making and things like that, but I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, look at that 80-yard pass. That was amazing. Oh, that's right. He was wide open, and Ahmed Farid could have hit him. I'm not going to yeah. sit there and go, man, that's unbelievable quarterback play right there. Look at that. He hit one of the greatest athletes in our country who was wide open and just threw it into a big pool, and the guy caught it and ran for a touchdown. Whoa, first-round pick. Like, you know, that, that, that's the kind of shit that I think people get too uh, infatuated at times. Uh, but, but nonetheless, it's an impressive group, and it's going to be a really good discussion going forward to see who likes these guys, whose who style fits how they want to play and all that. But uh, you the man. We're going to do this again Thursday, right? We're back Kristen, Thursday. We got, yeah, ask me anything on Thursday. So questions from the homies out there, anything they want to know from free agency or, or what else, throw it at us. We need them all. Throw- Throw it, us, throw it at us and throw some crude questions in there for Ahmed Farid, please. We need to know more answers to his life. I don't know what he does with his free time all the time. He doesn't watch movies. He has no bad habits. 
I don't know what he does. He te- seems too squeaky clean for me. Yeah, except they don't shower. You learn that about me. Rarely uh, shower. Yeah. Uh, days I don't okay, leave the yeah. home. <laughs> All right. Good man. See you, Chris. Have a good day, dude. Later. You too, Chris. Peace out. Peace, homies. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.